joint. <laughs> no, I'm cutting. I'll cut that out. I'll cut that I know, out. I'm just but... laughing. I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you should redact that. So then it just is like a beep, and then it'll be like we made an advert. <laughs> Read. Boom. <laughs> Well, hello, it's me, it's Trent, I'm here, you're here, we're all here, it's a great time. Um, welcome to a special edition speedrun version of Salad, because our very own Zach Potoff has had his laptop charger break, and he is at 30% and decrease 28. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the 24, Q24 theme music, dun dun, dun dun. Um, Cole is still enjoying a fun guy Cole Fall. Uh, he's at Disneyland right now, um, but Zach and I are here and ready to get at it. Um, we're going to start with a fun one uh, that I personally loved. Uh, if you're a fan of SNL, you may already know what I'm referring to, um, but SNL did a sketch, I think a week or two ago, uh, with a, a couple of their cast members and Kristen Bell, or Kristen Stewart, not Kristen Bell, I apologize to both Kristens. Um <laughs> essentially making fun of uh, this paint band, paint brand from uh, the UK called Pharaoh and Ball. It's $110 uh, for a gallon of paint from them. Uh, it requires other stuff to make it shine, and you have to maintenance it a lot. So this couple is like in the guy's sister's room and like freaking out when they realize how much money the sister has spent on paint and that she's kind of going a little crazy. And because it's British, the girl with the paint just kept saying, it's an amazing couleur. And she's like, well, you also have to pay for their labor. You know, like they're leaning into <laughs> that. <laughs> so uh, Pharaoh and Ball actually took it in good humor, which I think is a good case study on like brands embracing, like being called out like that and just showing that they've got a good personality about it. So they essentially took out a, uh, a print ad in, um, I believe it was in the New York Times. Um, and it was done with agency uh, a BMB. Yeah, it was a full page ad in the New York Times. Essentially, it's like Pharaoh and Ball introducing our Saturday Night Live special edition Colour, and they did the C-O-L dash O-U-R. It's the English roast number 30, a rich and good humored <laughs> hue with subtle hints of bone dry satire and a lingering aftertaste of charred British beef. It's not just paint, it's Pharaoh and Ball. So it's like they even leaned into the fact that they're making fun of the pronunciation and it's like just pretty solid. And in case you're wondering what color English roast is, it, it's... It's like a very boring brown. <laughs> so go go and check that out. But yeah, Zach, what do you think? Boring brown, yeah. Um, I feel like I am always saying some piece of this comment. Uh, but I love, love, love when brands actually get involved in culture. Shows that um, have a good sense of humor. And this is no different. This is a little different. Usually I'm talking about social media, you know, when a brand responds to a regular person or to when something happens. Uh, but getting involved with other brands, other entertainment venues, whatever you want to call it, uh, other anything talking about your brand, if you can come up with a way to respond to them that's humorous or or just a good response that plays on the fact of what they did, I yeah. love it. Um, and I think this was such a smart execution for them for that sense. Also, to point out, uh, it's not every day that you see more of like the high end brands do mm -hmm. that, you know, like typically like you're like we see it a lot in fast food because it's fast yeah, food. True. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's their image. But you don't see it as much with like a, a high end paint brand or any sort of high end brand because they try and 
stay above it, but I don't think they need to. And I think this is a good example of seeing a, a high class brand make a high class comeback to the SNL skit. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so they still, right yeah check that out. So they still get to, uh, they still get to like play into that world that SNL created. They still get to play into the joke uh, and it humanizes them just as it would uh, any other brand, just as it would any fast food brand. But I don't think it diminishes their brand quality, which is, I feel like what a lot of the high end companies worry about when they try and do something like this is we don't want to stoop down to that level. It's just pretentious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But here's proof that you can actually do it in a non-pretentious way yeah, uh, and still maintain your image and still maintain that, you know, high-end appeal. So Yeah, to your point, it definitely to them, makes them more approachable, which is kind of a nice little touch, yeah. um, especially because $110 for one gallon of paint is not very approachable. It's so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of insane. Um Speaking of being approachable, uh, Amazon is trying to make you approach and engage with something you probably haven't in a while, uh, and that's a newspaper. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They've done a newspaper wrap with the LA Times, Chicago Tribune, USA Today, and a few other papers around the country uh, to promote their new film, uh, The Report, which is uh, starring Adam Driver and Annette Benning, and details... Uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee's investigation to uh, CIA's detention and interrogation programs after 9-11. It was something that was released into the news and then didn't really gain much traction. This is a movie just kind of following what the investigation was. And in order to promote it, alongside other things such as the billboard I'm looking at right outside my window, um, they did a wrap of newspapers where they essentially took the actual headline and leading stories for that day in the paper, but had them covered by a layer that redacted different parts of the word. So instead of whatever the actual thing is, you just see House passes White House redacted, blacked out with a Sharpie line to cooperate a lot, blacked out, blacked out, White House, blacked out, actions violate Constitution, blacked out, like stuff like that. So it's like, oh, whoa, it's like I'm reading a CIA mm-hmm. report. Uh, it's kind of a cool I think the fact that they were able to do this with so many different papers around the country is kind of a cool stunt. Uh, I believe it was just done by Amazon Studios and their creative group. Um, but yeah, Zach, what do you think about this? Kind of a different way. Usually people aren't using newspapers. I feel like this will be pretty effective in walking cities, such as like New York or maybe a Chicago where people are walking past these newspaper stands. Yeah. Would you see newsstands or anything like that? 100% agree. Uh, and to your point, yeah, I think this is... This is an example of finding a creative execution that works and really relying on the medium Mm -hmm. that you want to target to do it. You know, Uh, they could have easily taken out an ad in any of these papers. They could have easily, as you said, they also have the billboards. So clearly they're doing other stuff, too. But they could have easily just gone that route. Uh, But I think this is just... It resonates again. I'm going back to resonate to resonating. Wow, people are doing good this week. <laughs> um, it, it just resonates. You know what I mean? Like you said, if you see a, a homepage of a newspaper when you're walking down the street, it's going to catch your attention, right? Uh, especially in today's environment, which I, I sort of touched on a little bit last week. Yeah, especially week, where the American public's just, getting used to reading redacted things. <laughs> yes, the, the press right now is in such an interesting spot, you know. Um, and because of that, whenever you see anything blacked out, anything hidden, anything of that nature, uh, 
it it gets people going you know it, it irks people it gets their attention it want it makes them want to talk and for the fact that amazon recognized that in doing this i think is what makes this so great is they knew that that's a that's a pressure point in society right now and it was gonna turn yeah. heads uh and then of course you find out that it's for the film it's not necessarily um for anything beyond just advertising this film but i think just having that sort of connection and building that up just creates a link between the film uh and obviously today's cultural conversation yeah and that's exactly what you wanted so and, and it funny really enough, resonates i feel like it kind of doubles as an ad for the newspaper too because if you're walking by a newsstand and you see that cover you're going to be looking at it and kind of i feel like at least i would be like what the fuck is actually under it like now i'm really curious and i'd have to buy the paper just to yeah. take it off and read it um yeah true very true yeah the, uh, the article they show in the header on ad week is uh an article about Trump and impeachment inquiries, but I'd like to imagine that somewhere in the country they partnered with a newspaper whose leading story was about like a seal at the local zoo or something, and it's just this really redacted <laughs> like <laughs> article about like yeah, an like animal one that isn't as serious. Yeah. It's just like a funny story that has all this redacted yeah, information. Like Panda had babies so at the San more. Diego Zoo, but it looks like there was some like <laughs> really serious. Panda had blank at the blank zoo. Yeah, yeah like. <laughs> passerbys are blank <laughs> it's like are they astounded are they happy <laughs> it's like are they shocked yeah no one knows what happened with this <laughs> yeah no one knows what happened with this blank at <laughs> the blank oh my god it's like well that's all i need to know um speaking of um using print and uh taking things uh from a different source and kind of using them in a new way um germany's uh heimat um which is a creative agency based in Berlin, worked with the Cultural Heirs, which is a collective of street artists, uh, to create a campaign that's both a celebration of the Berlin Wall's end, as well as a uh, reminder, a very sad reminder of kind of the atrocities that happened around it. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty sure we all know what the Berlin Wall was, but this was interesting to me because I feel like I didn't learn this in history class necessarily, but it was 27 miles mm -hmm. long, which is crazy long also crazy short <laughs> if you think about a u.s border relative to a germany border it's kind of wild just to compare country sizes but um you know it, it fell in uh 1989 uh, a lot of people died trying to cross to the west to get free and this film it's part typeface part film where they used different graffiti from the wall to make up each of the different letters in the typeface uh, and they have a film that's made mm -hmm. where essentially it's a it's a female voice talking from the perspective of the wall, talking about when she was born, what she saw happen around her, what it felt like when she was broken and collapsed. And she essentially begs you to not build her again, whether in physical form or in your minds. Um, so it's both a celebration of the collapse of the Berlin Wall, but also a commentary on interest in building a border wall in the U.S. Um and yeah, it's just kind of, it's one of those things where I think it's a flawed film. I think the text, the typeface the, that they made with it, super powerful, really impactful. It's really cool. Um, the film, I think, hits you. It's well done, but it just feels like it's lacking a little bit something to get it over the edge. And I could be wrong on that, but um, just my personal opinion, but still a great work. And I think a, definitely a creative idea. I don't think I've really seen anyone use the Berlin Wall graffiti to make a typeface before. So that in of itself is just a crazy idea. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, good job creating a film to, to kind of roll with that as well. Uh, what do you think, Zach? 
Uh, I agree with you 100%. The the typeface is so powerful, you know, and the idea behind creating this typeface and what it stands for is also so powerful. Um, taking these actual pieces from the wall yeah. is so real and so raw. Uh, and it just creates such a captivating typeface because all these obviously these are from different pieces of the wall all of the uh lettering looks different you know no two letters are exactly the same um because they're all from different graffiti artists from different places along the the stretch of the wall uh the message is Mm -hmm. very clear walls don't work you know uh do not rebuild me nowhere not even in your mind as it says at the end um i think the message is very strong and very clear that we shouldn't be trying to put up walls and, and separate ourselves anywhere in the world. But to your point, um, I agree with you about the film. I would have liked to see in, in creating something that's supposed to be so real, I would have liked to see a little bit of real footage, you know, of either the people uh, or, or any footage of the wall when it was up. So you could kind of, I feel like to me, it would help me visualize just how powerful this was supposed to be because the words were very powerful, but I feel like in not showing the actual wall, uh, like in not showing photos of the actual wall and not showing any of the like imagery that we've captured from what that looked like uh, or where it is today, you kind of get a little bit of a disconnect, at least to me. Um, So I would have liked to see some footage uh, dispersed throughout that kind of showed some of the families, you know, when they're talking about some of these things, uh, if we could have seen some of that, even if it was just at the end, when we see the wall coming down, I think even that would have just helped a little bit. If we would have gotten to see some of the actual footage that we have uh, that shows the historical relevance and the power that, that this wall had. Yeah. I don't know. I know you said you had some things too. I don't know if you want to get into them at all. I'm still at 19%, so we got plenty of time if you, there want, we go, if you baby. want to talk about this one a little bit. Um, but I'd be curious to hear what you were referencing, because uh, I know you said you talked about it with some people as well, and you guys had your uh, had your own ideas of how to make it a little better. Yeah, you know, I wish I could recollect all of the ones we talked about, because admittedly, um, it ended up being a bit of a busy day <laughs> where other stuff happened. <laughs> Um, that said, I, I think it's a smart concept. One thing I do like is that there's also a website you can go to where it's uh, voiceofthewall.de and you can uh, create your own photo, your own image um, for social media, whether it's an Instagram story, Instagram post, Twitter post, or Facebook post. And uh, you can type in whatever you want and then it'll generate what it looks like with that typeface. So I think this is probably meant for people to share some sombering notes, probably a lot of commentary about the wall. Um, I, while Zach was talking, just typed up, I love Popeye's chicken sandwich. Um, Even that looks kind of like somber. Sombering? (laughs) Yeah, which, you know, it's, it's a super smart idea. And I think even though it's flawed, even though there's issues with it, I don't, again, I keep going back to, I don't think I've seen anyone created typeface out of the berlin wall graffiti yet so for that i just want to yeah. like applaud that, that that creativity yeah and that's what and that's kind of what i was saying too is this is fucking awesome i was just making comments as to 
to me, I feel like it could have been even more powerful if I saw people in it too, you know, mm-hmm. I totally while agree. the wall talking and saying, I've seen people, I've seen this, if we had visuals to, you know, bring that home. Like I said, the, the typeface is so raw and real because it's literally real photos and real graffiti taken off the wall. Uh, as we're telling this story about the real people that it affected, I would have liked to see them, you know? It would have been kind of cool too. I don't think this was something I talked about with people at work, but it would have been kind of cool too if there was a little bit of an animation of like seeing it spray painted. Yes. That, yeah, that could be pretty awesome too. Because then it feels like you're watching the person like graffiti the wall in front of you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know definitely makes you think and gets you in the feels. And I think for our last one, we want to go to another ad that kind of makes you think and hits you in the feels, but in a completely different way. And uh, that would be a Christmas ad. Yes, a Christmas ad. Woo! If you're not sick <laughs> of them yet, um, you uh, you've got a great one coming up here. If you are sick of them, you know, just hop off the pod, fast forward to the end. It's fine. We get it. There's a lot of them. But that said, there haven't been a lot of John Lewis ads this Christmas season because this is the first one and probably the only one. But uh, if you don't know, <laughs> as I didn't know at first, John Lewis is a uh, retailer in the UK. And uh, they just do really sentimental, emotional Christmas ads every year. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they had an Elton John themed The Boy and the Piano one last year, which was huge. Um, This one, I will just be straight up, made me shed a couple tears. Um, It follows the tale of Excitable Edgar, a super happy little baby, little baby boy dragon who's in a fairy tale land. He's got this little girl that's his friend. And he's just so excited. He sees everyone. He sees the whole town setting up for Christmas. And he just is so happy because he loves Christmas. But the problem with dragons is they breathe fire. And the problem with Christmas is it's typically snowy. And what does fire do? It melts snow. It melts ice. It melts dreams. That's the problem. Melts dreams. This dragon is just a boy. Not yet in control of his fire-breathing abilities. So... What happens when he sees kids skating on a pond and gets excited and wants to play with them and skate too? He runs out there and is excited, but fire's coming out of his mouth. He's so happy and he melts the ice and all the kids don't want to play with him anymore. Then he gets excited when he sees the town hoisting the Christmas tree and celebrating and he gets so excited he's even wrapped a scarf around his mouth to try and hold in the flames, but the flames come out of his ears. There's a lot of things like that. Where like suddenly the town is shunning him because he keeps ruining everything. Like he even melted a snowman, but he was so excited he wanted to put the carrot in the face of the snowman. And he accidentally burnt it, um, and he essentially locks himself in his room. It's super sad. This is a two and a half minute spot, by the way. If you're wondering why I'm talking so much about it, <laughs> um, but the girl encourages him to come out of his home, brings him to this huge dinner with the town, and the town sees him all like recoils and hides under the table. But then he melt he uh, he catches a little uh christmas pudding on fire as one does and presents it to the town and the town's like yeah you did it cheers and they're all happy together and it it sounds maybe like i'm being a little irreverent with my commentary on it but it's a fucking adorable spot and um honestly you just have to watch it (laughs) it's all i'm gonna say um but but zach uh oh i should also mention it was done by adam and eve ddb oh and it's also set to the reo speedwagon track can't fight this feeling um and it's covered by Bastille. So again, there's a lot of money that goes into yes. this. And it's just fucking great. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think, Zach? As I've told you, it's great. 
What do you think? <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I was about to bring up the Bastille cover. If you had not, dude, because it I didn't even oh, realize good. it was Bastille. I listened to it and I was like, "This sounds like fucking Bastille." Mm-hmm. And then I just thought, and I was like, "Fuck!" I did the same thing. It didn't even cross my mind until I I watched it first, and then I read the article uh, earlier this week, and then I was like, "That's why it sounded so familiar," and it made me like it that much more. Um. This is just a testament to storytelling, you know, like good mm-hmm. storytelling. Uh, the ad itself isn't necessarily trying to promote anything specific. You know, they put their name at the end. But really, the brand has built awareness around the holiday season on these ads, you know, on making these really impactful, high level storytelling concept ads uh, that people look forward to every year. Like you said, they had the boy on the piano last year. Uh, excitable Edgar's this year. They did the. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did the Monty the Penguin. Yeah, uh, they did. Which they did another one of their. I think that might have been the first one that really kicked off this whole strand of just like high level storytelling ads. But it's so fucking cute, it's and it cool. like like you said when I watched it, it was the same thing. It's like you're just watching this incredibly innocent baby dragon try and survive Christmas time where no matter how hard he tries to please everyone, he can't, you know, it's that story. It's AKA all of us in the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's pure innocence. Um, this dragon really is just so caring and so heartfelt. And all he wants to do is be a part of the community. Uh, he wants to go build the snowman. He wants to stand there and watch as the tree gets lit and unveiled for the season. And every time as he, as you clearly see, he's getting excited about these things. Um, the flames start coming out of his nose or ears or whatever. Uh, and it always ends up burning something down, melting the snowman, uh, scaring people, whatever it is. And so they perceive him as a monster. Uh, and, and that is, that's the moment when it gets super sad, you know, like you were saying, Trent, is when the finally the big one when they're in like the courtyard and he burns down the whole tree and everything and everyone just thinks he ruined the holiday season uh and he sort of gives up and he goes and and recluses away into his into his little home until the girl inspires him to bring the pudding um of which of course the town is then ecstatic again and loves him but it's just such a classic tale uh and such a a very heartfelt and just heartwarming piece of content. Yeah. Like there's not much else to say about it's, it's uh, like effectiveness to the brand because I think it serves its purpose as a brand awareness statement. And, and to our points that we've been discussing about like playing into, you know, the holiday spirit, this is owning the holiday spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? This isn't trying to play into it uh, and relate it to your product. This is a full-on story about Christmas cheer and community and getting together and, you know, celebrating the holiday season. And I think that's what makes it so good. Yeah. And I think um, it's interesting. I was talking with a couple of people at work again, uh, and we were talking about it. And one of them was talking about how in the UK, Christmas ads are almost like their Super Bowl. It's a huge affair, which I think explains why most of the Christmas ads we've been talking about this year. This is really the first year of Sal we've done a Christmas ad foray because um, last, you know, we, we 
we ended last season in March, April, maybe, and then didn't pick up again until this uh, this January 1st on New Year's, actually. Um, so we kind of skipped over the Christmas stuff. And yeah, it explains why we've seen Mother and Ikea go all out, why we saw, um, I forget the name of that chain, but the drumming, daddy-daughter drumming ad, uh, all these really long anthemic Our spots. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to see, which speaking of too, I just want to call out that um, uh, D-double-E, uh, the rapper behind the uh, Mother Ikea ad, has released the full song on Spotify. Awesome. So go check it out. <laughs> Pretty funny. I love that. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, does it <laughs> Does it for us today, Zach. Uh, what's your battery life at now? Uh, I'm at 12%, but it just, it just switched over. The battery switched over from black to red. You know how it does that thing? So it's starting to tell me, mm-hmm. hey, dude, mm-hmm. uh, Get your shit yeah, together. Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, I can't. I have no, I have no charger for you. I'm sorry. So <laughs> it's okay. You'll be without. Well, I guess you have email on your phone, so you won't fully be without work emails for a day. But yes, you know. But I'll be without a work laptop and a personal laptop because they're both dead. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Oh uh, man. All right. Well, good recording with you this week, man. Um, I think we're going to wrap up, but uh, we'll see you all back here again next Tuesday for another edition of Bite Size Takes. All right. Have an ad-tastic week.